0: production. Hands up, if you've tried a few things in your life, hoping that one of them would take off. (laughs) I thought so, 100% of you. Well, today's guest is no different. He's a failed actor who's tried multiple things in order to find his true purpose, which finally became crystal clear 10 years ago. Since then... He sold 70 million of just one product. It's a fake it until you make it, episode 565. Of the twelve-year-old award-winning small business big marketing podcast.
1: Where I say two small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now
0: here's your host, Mr. Timbo Reed, and welcome back to your weekly dose of uplifting marketing. I'm your host, Timbo Reed, and I have an insatiable curiosity for uncovering marketing strategies and ideas that help businesses just like yours to grow. You, so much more importantly, are a motivated business owner, and you're ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And that is exactly why I do what I do in order to help you. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D, dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Quick update, Marketing in Minutes podcast, well and truly launched. Thank you for all those who have subscribed to what is my new podcast. Like I said last week, very quick little, they're called shortcasts. They go for about like seven minutes on average. And I share one marketing idea that you can implement immediately without spending a fortune. And there's a few episodes up, one about the power of five phone calls a day, one about how to wow your customers, another one about how to create weird marketing. Go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Just search for marketing in minutes. And a big thank you to all of you who bought Tina Towers course about creating online courses. If you've bought it, and you make an online course, can you please send me the link to Tim at d.com.au. I'd love to have a look at what you've created. For those who haven't done it yet, tinatower.com forward slash Timbo. Head over there. You'll get a couple of free goodies, including a signed copy of my book if you buy Tina's course. Righto, today's guest, Steve Trinder. He's had a crack at, how's this, professional surfing, Motorcycle racing and skiing He also refers to himself as a failed actor His words, not mine Who appeared on the hit Australian TV series Home and Away Now whilst all these endeavours built his character Not one of them built his bank balance That didn't happen until 2011 When he met a Chinese doctor who introduced him to the health benefits of green tea Fast forward to 2021 and X50 Lifestyle, a brand that Steve founded in his bedroom, has sold over 70 million sachets in 85 countries, has 40 product lines, he employs 15 staff, and he's finally found his true calling. So if you're a business owner, Keen for some ideas on growing that beautiful business of yours, then sit back and listen as Steve shares exactly how he's done it. Here he is explaining how a failed actor grew a multi million dollar nutrition supplement business from his bedroom.
1: You know, we were a bunch of surfy boys, you know, growing up in Bondi, and we we're all sandwashed, buff, fit, good looking kids. So they used to throw us in a few commercials here and there. Um, unfortunately, I got logged into a bit more, you know, got some acting gigs and that sort of stuff. But um, yeah. you know, I, I, I think I was the world's worst actor. I think my mum wanted me to be the next Mel Gibson or whatever, but I just I just wasn't into it.
0: Just lose your humi- humility for a minute. What was your moment in the sun? Where did you peak in your acting career? My wife would say I peaked when I, I got a gig on Home
1: and away, I was on that for about six months, but I just hated it. I dreaded it every day and I, and I couldn't learn the lines. And it was really weird, and it was like, I'd be so nervous going, oh, I haven't learned the lines, I haven't learned the lines, I'm, I'm going to stuff it up, and then I'd get on set, and I'd actually do it, like, for some reason, I, somehow I'd remember it, and it'd come out and it'd all go okay, but then you'd watch it back and you'd be like, oh, my God, who's that guy on TV? Who's, who's the cardboard mannequin they put on the set? Yeah, it was good while it lasted, um, but, I, I, look, I wouldn't change a thing.
0: So, Steve, putting all that aside, yeah, what, what did lead you to then starting this this nutritional supplement business, which you'm guess, I'm guessing you had no experience in. You might have popped the odd vitamin tablet. Yeah. I, and I'd, I'd pushed
1: the odd barbell and dumbbell. Um, you know, fitness is always one of the things I was into in life, you know. So, you know, growing up surfing and, um, you know, I was, so, so we all wanted to be pro surfers and, you know we trained and you know did surf competitions and all that i was never any good so fitness was always there and then i got into um, my family's big into motorcycle racing so you know my uncle is a, a champion superbike racer so we got into some motorcycle racing so fitness has always kind of been there where did the journey start so we've always ha- had an interest in health mind you if i look at a hamburger i put five kilos on i only need to walk past a bakery and things are gonna change rapidly, mate. I've, I've got one of those bodies that I, I just can't, any food I eat, or like I have to exercise. So I've, I've always struggled and done it tough my whole life, up and down like a yo-yo. I was working in the family business for my uncle, so I was the general manager of um, his company, The Natural Biomagnetic, so he was doing sports, braces, therapeutic bedding, that sort of stuff. So we grew that business. My, my uncle's a direct response um, legend, you know. Um, we grew that business, we got into retail, into the bedding stores, and it was sort of one of those things when working with family, you know, you've, it's an intense pressure cooker situation and, um, you know, my uncle probably wanted a change for me <laughs> at the time. So, look, we parted ways. I went on and, and did something else, and I was training really hard at the time, drinking a lot of green tea, and this is kind of where it, it comes into it. So, <clears throat> went and saw a Chinese um, herbalist just to sort of, you know, get some more information and stuff. And, he, and I told him I was drinking a lot of tea, et cetera. Couldn't stand the taste of it. Horrible. But green tea, like, it's full of polyphenols, um, antioxidants, uh, catagans, that sort of stuff. Super healthy. It's one of the world's greatest health tonics, if you like. I was tinkering around in between, wasn't working for the family business, wasn't really doing anything, and I thought, maybe I can come up with something that can, you know, stop me having to drink these 10, 20 cups of bloody tea a day. Um, and make it a bit more sport-focused, sport-orientated into a bit of a, you know, like a sport drink powder um, supplement, if you like. So, yeah, just started playing around
0: with that. How How do you just play around with something like that? You're drinking a lot of green tea, but what do you do? Do you go and find an industrial chemist and say, can we muck around with a few recipes, or were you doing it in the kitchen at home? How does that work? I mean, look, we're talking 2010, so... There's probably contract
1: manufacturers everywhere, but they were probably a little bit harder to find than they are now. Now you just Google contract manufacturer biscuits and you'll find 20. Do you know what I mean? So I had to do it. There was a lot of uh, r and D. I I called a few people and um, started speaking to a friend of mine who's, you know, quite smart and, into formulations and things. And um, he sort of said, well, yeah, there's there's something out there. Surely someone could do a green tea extract that's higher in polyphenols and catechins and catechins. And that sort of stuff. So I started playing around with that and, um, you know, and flavoring it. And, uh, yeah, before you know it, we sort of had something in the in
0: the can. Were you set on actually creating a business for yourself? You're working for your uncle. You, you know, you're having a good time. Were you pretty set on whether it be green tea or nutritional supplements or whatever it is, were you set on starting your own thing?
1: Well, at at the time, yeah, look, I really needed to do something. Just finished the family business, had a pregnant wife, five or six months pregnant, no income. I was So actually I went out and got a job while I was doing this. So the whole development and the thought process and the research, I went and got a job with a a good buddy of mine doing roofs, never done roofing before. That's a tough job, I tell you what. And shout out to your Thanks for having me back then. But um, that was pretty tough, you know, early mornings, long days, up a ladder. I'm scared of heights too, so great career choice. So we did that for a while, about a year and a half. um, And I got a job at night flipping pizzas. Funnily enough, I'd always wanted to be a pizza chef as a kid. That was my thing. You know, when you're a little boy, you want to be a, a, you know, fireman or a policeman. So I got it. I ticked the box, which was great. Didn't get paid. So the guys that employed me, so here's me with a pregnant wife developing a product and a business, and I'm flipping pizzas every night, but I'm not getting paid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> I imagine you arrive at a recipe for your first green matcha tea kind of product and you go, oh, that's pretty good. And what do you do? You then go and create a brand and that's that's your first step into X50 lifestyle, is that right?
1: Absolutely no idea what I was doing. Like, I had a few little ideas in my head. Branding wasn't a thing because I'd never had to create one before. Obviously, my uncle had created his brand, I hadn't created a brand, so... Um, Picking of the name, the just the whole theme of the brand, the whole where we want, it to, want to see it in 10 years, timelining the whole project. Yeah, it was all sort of new to me. Um, many long sleepless nights. But, yeah, so I had... Uh, see,
0: can I just stop there? I, I love this part of small business. I think it's really, really fascinating. And we can skim over it and you can go, oh, yeah, I did nothing about branding and I had some sleepless lights and I just, you know, in the end got something out there. But, like... Aren't we amazing, we small business owners who, every business started small, but, you know, we have a spark of an idea. We might have a hundred sparks of ideas, but at some point we take one of those ideas and we run with it. Whether your wife is six months pregnant, whether you've got a dollar in the bank or a hundred dollars, and we run with it. And I just think it's, I don't know, there's not even a question there. I just think it's worth acknowledging on behalf of all small business owners listening and well done to you, Steve, for actually pursuing it because many don't.
1: Mate, thank you. Yeah, well, look, we're all small business and big business owners inside, you know. We're all capable of it. And there's obviously, we all have a catalyst. There's got to be something that may spur us into action or, or whatever it is. Yeah, I believe at the time it was, I was out of my comfort zone. I wasn't working in the family business, which was a nice, secure little environment, you know. I was out of that comfort zone, uh, you know, back to the wall. Yeah, no income, pregnant wife, um, didn't know what we're going to do, you know. Like, I'm I'm not a um, highly educated, highly skilled individual, you know what I mean, so.
0: But you have a crack. You've you've certainly got the ability to have a crack at whatever it is you're going to put your mind to. So, Steve, then tell me, because right now, I mean, the business is booming. You're in 87 countries. You've got multiple SKUs. But back then, you had, I'm guessing a sachet of matcha tea that tasted okay. And, you know, you're going to have to sell a lot of sachets in order to, you know, feed the family, the growing family. How do you quickly scale something like that? Well, firstly,
1: just back to the first part of your question where you said you've got a great tasting tea. My tea wasn't that great tasting in the first one. <laughs> it was not a great tasting tea. It was okay. It was doable. It was a, it was a foundation to build on, and we built from there. And um, I'd had this kind of mindset, you know, because I'd worked in the family business. So I, I had a, a little bit of a uh, an industry in which I was comfortable working within and that sort of stuff. It had some parameters. So obviously... Product into the, the garage, no warehouse, product into the garage, I'm ready to go. So I go out and I, I start attacking um, some pharmacies locally, You know, thinking that if I go in there and I have the chat with the buyer, get the product on the shelf, it's gonna sell. Well, that's not exactly how business works, You know, getting it on the shelf. So we went out, did that, got product all around the Gold Coast and then pretty much every pharmacy thinking woohoo, that was a lot easier than I thought. I lent on my relationships with, um, with people in pharmacy space. Uh, because that's I'd dealt with them before. So I went on them, got the product on the shelf, and in six months' time they all started ringing me going, Steve, it hasn't sold. Can you come and get it? Ooh, hashtag awkward. Yeah, it was a bit of a challenge, but then that sort of gets you start to think outside of the box, like, well, I don't want to pick this product up. It's no good for me. I've already sold it. What have I got to do? So anyway, we managed to – I went out and I spent a lot of time doing some taste testings at these stores, built up a little micro audience within the store community, And slowly and organically, the wheels just started creeping forward.
0: That's interesting because you must have had enough equity in your relationships with these pharmacists to say like, give me one more chance. I'll do some in-store taste testing, which I think is actually a genius idea because it puts a face to a product and so many product brands don't have a face because, you know, it's just service businesses are more inclined to do that. That sounds to me like a bit of a tipping point for you where all of a sudden things started to take off.
1: It was kind of one of the little secrets and, and funnily enough, and I'm I'm not going to put my hand up and say it was part of the plan because it was a reaction I I had to react to the situation at the time, and all I could think of was, well, look, don't send it back. I'll come and do something, and that was it. So, yeah, funnily enough, it's a great little um, tool more business owners can use in their arsenal to get product to move, and, and just slowly build that organic um, customer base with, with one of your business, your retail partners, yeah. But I did. I, I the, Literally, Tim, the back was against the wall and I actually I almost begged, like, please don't send it back, I'll come and do something and I'll make it sell. And, and we figured it out and, and it did, which was, um, I'm sure the store owners are very happy for
0: that. Otherwise, it'd still be sitting there. What was the next inflection, Steve, when business, you know, started to point even further north? Did you, you obviously had to start ranging it. You couldn't just, you know be famous for one green tea sachet or canister, what, how did you then scale it? Did you add a whole lot more SKUs or did you increase the radius of who you were marketing to? What happened?
1: Yeah, so obviously um, we started off with um, four skews, four flavours in the, in the box and a mixed box. We added to the flavour range, just built that, you know, the product portfolio up a bit. Funnily enough, this was kind of around the start of social media when it was really just sort of coming on, influencers and ambassadors and that sort of thing. So we're starting to tick over a little bit. I'm going out doing a few more taste testings here and there. We're going and doing the old trade show, uh, going to the odd bodybuilding event, um, sending product out to influencers or people that had the start of a growing following. Funnily enough, at the time, they probably didn't know their value, you know, for the cost of sending out a, some product I had pretty much some of Australia's biggest influencers using the product, loving it as well. Were, by this time, I'd fixed the, the flavour situation um, and they were really enjoying it. So the, the the product became, you know, quite on trend. You know, we had all the, the big influencers using it, which was fantastic at the time, and that helped sort of really establish um, the brand and, and in the eyes of, the you know, the consumer. You know, all the supplement stores really sort of got behind us and came on board, which was fantastic because it's a very... Sports supplements, you know, it's you're talking pre workouts, fat burners, protein powders. A guy here comes his guy with a tea product. You know, it's like, look, no one knows more about their health and fitness than people in the supplement industry. They're very knowledgeable, extremely smart, and that's why people get results. But even to convince them, knowing that they know green tea is good for you, most people in in the sport and fitness industry will, you know, um, it was still a little bit of a sell. So
0: no doubt. I mean, you you're operating in a category. As a macro category, it's incredibly busy. Just go into Chemist Warehouse or any of these supplement retail outlets and it is really, really busy. You've narrowed it down to a, an ingredient, green matcha tea, that I would argue that there's only a very small niche of people that even know what it is, know what it's for, understand the health benefits or even where to buy it or what to look for. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a serious education Process ahead of you, uh, ongoing really. Is that does that form part of your marketing? Because if I go to your website, it's full of product. I really like your website because it doesn't try to be anything. It's not. It's like here's all our products. So there's a very big um, e-commerce section. There is, I think, there's a how-to or something which I'm going. Oh, hang on, I might go here and he might give me all these different how-tos. It's like no, no. This is how to drink your tea. Add water, drink it, enjoy it, or something like that. Which I thought was keep it simple. But do you, as the brand owner, take it on yourself to educate uh, the marketplace, or do you leave that to your competitors to do?
1: Well, uh, funnily enough, um, in the beginning, I was right into the education. Um, that was what I did, you know. So we would, whatever it took, you know, we'd be on on camera talking about it, at in store doing taste testings, We'd have audiences at um, trade shows and expos and that sort of stuff. So it was, yeah, it really was a. Um, Uh, an educational process. Good thing is, you know, there's not a lot you have to explain about green tea. Um, Most people have a pretty base knowledge of how good it is for you, they've heard of it. So you you just sort of elaborate on that. But yeah, look, it was an educational process and it's still something we do. I've kind of moved on from that side of the business now. When we started, it was very much, um, we were aiming at both male and female. The products have really been adapted predominantly by the female clientele, probably 85, 15. So probably our, our four processes were, well, women probably don't want to see a middle-aged ugly man standing in front of the camera telling them how to drink a green tea. So I let the girls handle that side of things now.
0: Steve, 10 years on, can you wrap some numbers around where X50 Lifestyle, the business is at? whether it be turnover, number of staff, SKUs, growth?
1: Yes. Yeah, so currently 10 years on, it's, it's strange to say that because it's gone so quickly. Um, we're, we have uh, 15 employees uh, in Australia. We're in um, last count about uh, 80 to 85 countries. We can do it this way. We've sold over 70 million individual serves of X50T, so seventy million people, or you know, a lot of people that like it have kept drinking a lot. Does
0: it make you feel ten years on, and you've sold seventy million serves of something? It's crazy. Yeah, it's,
1: it, it's surreal to be honest. And I, literally, the girls only said it to me the other day. And I, you just get so caught up, and you, you don't sit back and smell the roses if you like. You know, it's it's you're always looking forwards, not backwards. And I'm, I'm obviously in business. You don't want to look backwards, but sometimes you need to look back and appreciate the success and what you've done and what you've achieved. I tend not to do that. I'm just always sort of looking forward and, you
0: know. It's the curse of the small business owner, buddy. We do not celebrate the wins enough and it's it's sad, but I encourage it all the time and hopefully we're making a little dent. Tell me, um, best marketing, you've talked about face-to-face trial. I understand you're a step away now. You're not responsible for the marketing of X50 Lifestyle, but what do you, do you know what the best marketing is that you do in order to create trial?
1: My favourite, it always has been, is the face-to-face stuff. When I'm standing there talking to people, one-on-one on one. and at the time you think geez we've got a long way to go like if there's 25 million people in Australia but one by one the, the the thing for me is when they get that little taste test glass try it oh and you see the look and it computes that's good and you can see them thinking and then I, I love it you can't beat it and 10 years later I still get the same feeling like I get so enthusiastic explaining the product to someone that's never tried it before. It's, it's fantastic. Actually, I was at an expo not too long ago and it's almost like not many people had heard of X50. I'm like, this is crazy. And I was just... And I was having a chat to um, one of my sales guys and we are just seeing that new customers are coming in that haven't heard or seen X50 and they're still loving it the way they, the original ones did 10 years ago. The, the,
0: the challenge of that is if, you, if you're getting people to trial it face-to-face, they're going to go, oh, I taste nice. But it's not about taste. I mean, taste is like you're not going to use it if it doesn't taste nice, but it's actually the benefit that it brings, which is whatever it is, well-being, a glowing skin, weight loss, better sleep. I mean, you can't prove that at a live event.
1: No, that's right. Exactly. Um, uh, And and funnily enough, still, and this is one that always gets to me, because, I mean, how do you put a price on health? But people still do come back to price. And one of the best things is, you know, obviously a sachet, this is really inexpensive when you consider Mixing it with, you know, 600ml up to one litre of water, you're talking less than a dollar. But, you know, that's that's the benefit of being face-to-face with people. You can explain the features, benefits, health benefits, what it's going to do for you. Oh, and by the way, a Coke's $4 and that's
0: a dollar. Amazing. What amazing margin. I, I noticed from a marketing perspective, Steve, you've got an affiliate program, which is basically, hey, I can go to your website, sign up and, and, and send people my link and they can buy your tea. I think that's interesting. Did you actually, and you don't see a whole lot of products uh, doing that. Um, I'm interested to know how that's working for you and what percentage of business that generates. And also, did you think about going down the direct selling route, like being one of those, um, dare I say, pyramid businesses, and that gives a negative connotation. I don't mean that. But did you you consider going down that path? Because it would appear to me, it's the ideal business for a direct selling company.
1: It is, it actually would be and it could probably be quite quickly turned around to to head down that path as a a DR. Look, no I didn't, um, to be honest I've always been retail minded. If I had my time again um, I may do a brand like the way um, online shopping habits have changed over the last you know three, four, five years but it accelerated in the last two years. You know people's buying habits online, I would probably opt to go for an online only brand, you know you, you eliminate all the all the fun parts of small business staffing, warehousing, <laughs> yeah. all, all the stuff that people don't like to think about until it's there. But look, we'd always been predominantly retail, so and I'd embarked on that route. the The model was to go retail. I do enjoy having retail relationships. I work with, you know, all the big guys in this industry. They're great guys, you know. So no, I, I'd never thought of that. But yeah, you're right. It is a it is a great product.
0: What 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 percentage?
1: Uh if the business is affiliate? Oh, look, it's it's only a small part of the business and it's really there just to um, sort of give a little bit more inspiration to our, I I call them our family, our influencers and ambassadors and that sort of stuff. And there's, because it's a very fine balance to keep retail happy and get online right. You know, you you can't keep, like the retailers are going to get upset if they think you're, you're coming in and poaching all their customers. And I don't want to do that to my retailers. They've built their business, they've worked hard, I'm I'm part of their ecosystem, if you like, of, of success. You know, they sell my product. They make money. I make money. We're all happy. The customer gets a fantastic product. That's our little ecosystem. So getting that balance right, very, very tricky. But look, it's not a very large part of the business. I'd say less than 5% but it does keep our ambassadors and influencers uh, incentivized and it's a little something um, for their customer base as well. So, uh, you know, some of our guys have got hundreds of thousands of followers, so if we can monetise something for them, and consumers these days are very loyal. Like if someone's watching, like um, your podcast, you'll have a bunch of clients that tune in every week. They've got to hear it, right? So, and they're not going to go and tune into another one. Well, it's the same with um, influencers.
0: Let's talk about the elephant. At least it's in my room, Steve, the name. X fifty lifestyle. You clearly did it way back then when you, as you openly admit, you didn't have much marketing experience. You didn't really know what you were doing. You were just starting your own business out of a, out of a passion. Uh, happy with the name? <laughs> so there is method to
1: the madness um, in the X fifty lifestyle. If I did it, had my time again, I may change it. But I was laying in bed. It was like two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. And this fantastic, fantastic American ad came on. It's like the the PX5000 system, pulley system, where you you plug it on the door and you have all these pulleys. And I just thought, wow, that's a cool name. The name got me and I watched the whole app. And at the time I was going through the process with X50. Anyway, for some reason I love that X, that X factor. It just creates this little bit of mystery. However, the way I incorporated into the X fifty uh, to the green tea is 50% of green tea is polyphenols and catechins, which is the good part. So that's all your antioxidants. So I thought X factor, 50%, X50. <laughs> lifestyle is such a great word. So it, it's all coming together. And then through lifestyle <laughs> in there. So, look, there's no, I mean, you know, it, there's no real brilliance behind it. It's that, that's just what it was. But I built on that and we've got a brand out of it.
0: I love it, mate. I'm being half facetious. It is it is a tough name, but I am. I'm always interested in how where names came from and whether you, whether a business owner is happy. But uh, well done to you, mate, because at the end of the day, it's actually what you put into the name that brings the fruits of your labour and the energy that you put around it. I have to ask in in closing because it came up on your press release, Steve, which is I want to know what you were doing with Slash from the Guns and Roses prior to starting X50 Lifestyle. Completely unrelated question, but I'm a bit of a rock and roll boffin, so uh, tell me.
1: Yeah, Slash, wow. I'm one of the greats. Um, no, I used to work, so going back from the days after home, and I got a job in, at Triple M Radio. So I actually held that, it was a proper job. So I was a, on the street reporter, um, driving around in those cars and doing all that sort of stuff. So it was great. But anyway, oh, what year was it? Maybe 90? 2.93, and they said, um, Guns N' Roses is coming here, you've got Slash, make sure he turns up to the um, concert. I said Slash, like the, because at the time, he was famous worldwide for drinking two bottles of JD a day. He doesn't drink anymore. He's uh, clean and sober, but yeah, it was like crazy. So that was
0: some wild times. That was your job. Well, I hope you got him on the X50 lifestyle once you sort of started that and put him on the straight and narrow. I've lost his
1: number. What a, I mean, what an influencer.
0: <laughs> oh, my, my next question was, can you get me an interview with him? I'll talk about the business of rock and roll, but that ain't going to happen. Hey, buddy, uh, well done to you for creating a business step-by-step despite not knowing what you were doing. And I think it's a great story. And, you know, you're clearly loving it. I can see it in your face. Thanks, mate.
1: Yeah, no, look, I do. I enjoy the journey. Uh, I've loved what we've done. You know, I'm, I'm working with great people. I work with my wife. Life, um you know it's yeah it, it's pretty much the dream reality really you know we, we we have a great little product our i love our ethos we love making you know as good and healthy products as possible and bringing it to market it's just win 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 all around so yeah thanks very much buddy we're really enjoying it
0: uh x50lifestyle.com.au yeah there you go go and get your matcha tea steve trinder thanks buddy well done thanks tim appreciate it Well, there you go, team. Steve Trinder, the founder of X50 Lifestyle. Do you enjoy that? I hope so. There's a few actionable items in that little chat with Steve. Here's my top three attention grabbers. Attention grabber number one. I love the fact that Steve's first tea tasted terrible. He admits it, yet he still launched it to the market. Remember, team, production, not perfection. Perfection gets in the way every time. Attention grabber number two, I love how in the early days, Steve knocked on local pharmacy doors to build awareness and trust. That is a roll up the sleeves marketing strategy. And he's not the first guest and he won't be the last guest to have done something just like that. The young fellow from Seagull Milk, uh, he did the same thing. Went around and just introduced himself. Particularly if you're a product manufacturer, it's so good to put a face to the name of a product because service marketers do that so well on the whole. And attention grabber number three: I love Steve's attitude around doing whatever it takes to educate the public around the health giving properties of green tea. Uh, if, if you're not educating your crew, your peeps, you know, your raving fans, then please do. I talk about it a lot in my book. The Boomerang Effect is all about that and how to create helpful marketing so people are in a better position to make a more informed purchase decision. And you can take responsibility for that. That's what grabbed my attention. I would love to know what grabbed yours. Call our hotline after the show's over on... Plus six one, that's for you overseas people who aren't in Australia. Plus six one four eight zero zero one five one five zero, and let me know. Just like listener Linda did.
2: Hi Timbo, my name's Linda Mitchon. I'm from the Green Life Soil Company. We're over in Perth, and we manufacture, wholesale, and retail certified organic soils and soil improvers. I love your show. I've been listening for years, and I've even bought your book, The Boomerang Effect. It's awesome. There's always something to get you thinking in your podcast, and I really love the variety of businesses and business owners that you have on. Although that said, I think you were a little harsh on Matei from SpeedFit this week. Someone who's growing a business 58% year on year without a full-time marketing person, I think is doing something right, and I'd be happy with those stats. And I also don't get why the concept is so hard to grasp. As someone who hates exercise and has never had a gym membership in her life, when I saw SpeedFit advertised on Facebook, I was a little sceptical, but I did a little bit more research into the EMS and uh, apparently it's used by Usain Bolt. And so all of that was enough to get me in the door for a trial and I've been a member for 11 months and I can tell you, it definitely works and you certainly feel the workout afterwards. So I'd urge anyone with a studio near them to give it a try. And it's worth the 90 bucks he charges for a trial, by the way. And if there's no studio nearby, maybe you should open one. It's a great concept. I'd love to if I wasn't so busy building a little empire of quality dirt. So thanks again, Timbo. We love the show. Have a great week off, and we look forward to your
0: next episode. Hey, thank you so much, Linda, for calling in. Thank you for being a long-time listener. Thank you for buying my book and reading it. I buy the odd business book and then forget to read it. Don't look at my bedside table. That's where they all are. <laughs> hey, Yenda, what a great rap, Linda, you just gave for SpeedFit's Matej Varhalik. Almost sounded like a paid live read. Hey, if I didn't know better but he was fantastic. I think I described SpeedFit as a service whose results sounded too good to be true, looked scary to use, and that many of us need, but few of us understand, which is true. And Matei agreed with me, not only agreed with my overview, but he also demonstrated that he was putting in place some pretty clever marketing strategies to address that. So look, I was harsh, but I admitted I was harsh in that interview. If anyone listening hasn't listened to that interview, episode 559 is where you will learn how to market a difficult business. Go and take a listen. Coming up next week, you and I reconnect with past guests and one of Australia's leading mindfulness experts. In fact, he used to be one of the world's leading DJs. Crazy story. His name's Ray Good, uh, who, like many of us, is deeply concerned for the well-being of so many business owners around the world right now. So Ray's going to give us some strategies to keep the anxiety at bay and with a clear head, enable us to get on with whatever it is we do best in these challenging times. A little bit of a different episode, but a much needed one. Hey, if you'd love to know how to create some helpful marketing, do buy my book, The Boomerang Effect. I would love to hear from you if you bought my book or if you've listened to my podcast and got a bit of constructive criticism for me. What is it? What's the number again? That's right. 0480 015150. And if you're loving the Small Business Big Marketing Podcast, you will find 564 more episodes on your favorite podcast app. As has been the case for the past 12 years, this podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reed. the music bed composed, sung, recorded by rock star Lockie Dolly. And then, then, after all that, all the bits and bobs are handed on a platter to producer Romy Sher, who turns it into this. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. May your marketing be the absolute best marketing. Bye for now.